If you have been following my Produce of the Month episodes uh, in 2023, I have covered a lot of different fruits and vegetables, of course, but also just ideas and approaches that hopefully help make it less intimidating to introduce your kids to new foods like vegetables. And so in today's episode, we are going to talk about the veggie of the month for April being asparagus. And as with I, how I preface the beginning of every episode, I want you to know this is not about asparagus. There is no one single superfood. There is no single vegetable that I think your child must learn to like. But with each and every one of these episodes, I hope that you're grasping new ideas and new approaches that you can begin incorporating into how you approach feeding your family and specifically introducing new foods to your children. Because I know for all of us, we hold that ambition and that aspiration with each and every meal and snack to have our kids eat more fruits and vegetables. And yet we struggle to know how do we help them learn to like them if they're maybe averse or just kind of apprehensive to try it. Hey mama, I'm Ashley and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. As with all the other episodes I have shared, I try and highlight different things that come to mind with each and every fruit or vegetable that I'm covering, some of the barriers that I see parents face just in picking some of these things out or preparing them, or in foods like asparagus that are a little simpler to pick out and prepare, but they may require a little bit more intentionality on the other side of things as we approach how do we help make them interesting foods to eat for our kids. So with that today, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this episode. First and foremost, when you're picking out asparagus at the grocery store, this is a pretty simple food. It doesn't take too much effort, and I don't feel like it's ever even been a produce item that I've even really put much thought into because typically, if you've never bought asparagus at the store, it's already going to come pre-bundled. Because it is a seasonal vegetable right now, you'll tend to find it on sale, and it can be a great and economical way to begin introducing it at a time that the price point is much lower. But usually it's already going to be banded up in usually two rubber bands in a set of you know, maybe like 20 to 30 stalks, I would say, depending on how thick each asparagus stalk is. So with this, you can get really thin ones, you can get really thick ones. If you ever had it before, maybe you have a preference. If you haven't ever had it before, you might wanna look for either a bundle that is uniform in shape where all of them are really thin or all of the stalks are thicker, just so it helps in kind of balancing out how long you cook each one for and you don't have to have quite as much guesswork. That said, you also might want to get a bundle that has variation in the sizes so that 
it can play into some of the food experimentation that we're going to talk about as we expose asparagus to our kids. Grab a bundle, it'll be like less than a couple dollars, really inexpensive option, and yet I know one that, especially a lot of adults like, we often kind of seem to see asparagus on a menu if we go out to like a nice steak dinner with our spouse or something, but I know for a lot of families, it's not a commonplace vegetable that we think to include. But as we get into the warmer spring, months and also as we get into summer i know at our house it's one of my favorites to throw on the grill it's so easy to pick and it's also really easy to prep and so once you bring it home you can wash it i would wait and wash it right before you're going to prepare it don't wash it and then leave it washed in the fridge just to make sure that it doesn't prematurely spoil but then when you're getting ready to prepare it all you need to do is to snap off the end the really like fibrous end point where you can kind of see it's been cut off the stock. And if you haven't yet engaged your child in the process of grocery shopping for asparagus or weighing it in the produce section, or, you know, just interacting and touching with it between getting it off the produce shelves and putting it into the cart, this is a great opportunity to begin inviting your kids in. I know for some families, the idea of bringing kids in the kitchen can just be anxiety inducing because dinner time can be a crazy time. But my hope is, is that as you introduce asparagus in the upcoming months and as it's kind of grilling season and as we do hopefully have a few more leisurely dinners outside as a family where we can grill and enjoy one another's company, this is a great time to invite our kids to snap the end off. It can help them to interact with asparagus before and away from the table, something I talk about in all of these monthly episodes as we talk about introducing new fruits and fruits and vegetables because it gives our kids a chance to do something that's just playful and very pressure free. So all you're going to do is I would take one asparagus just for kind of trial and error because some of them have a coarser end or a larger coarse end than others and just see where it kind of naturally snaps. You're going to see if you're trying to snap the end of the asparagus too far to the end because it's not going to snap very easily. It's still going to be a little too fibrous down there. So see where it naturally snaps. And then this again, is just something where you can invite your kids in to help snap the ends, show them how to snap it near where you need it. Of course, they may snap it a little bit too high on some, but make this fun, make this playful, make this pressure free. And this is going to help build a positive response towards asparagus. Then as you're doing this, you also might decide that when you kind of know where you need to chop off the coarse ends if your child say maybe isn't of age or isn't in the mood or you're not in the mood to have them engage in the kitchen. If you prefer, you can just cut it off. You don't have to snap it, but you can just kind of cut off the the bottom one to three inches, kind of depending on the size of the stock to get that end off of it. And then what I usually do is I just toss it in olive oil or sometimes I'll do avocado oil, especially if I know that I'm going to be baking it at a higher temperature, say over 400 degrees, or we're going to be throwing it on a hot grill just because avocado oil will have a higher smoke point than something like say an extra virgin olive oil. But otherwise I just season it with salt and pepper and that's it. So the preparation of asparagus is so easy and simple, and yet there's endless ways that you can prepare it. Because as I mentioned, we like grilling it at my house and you can toss it on a hot grill. You may need to use a grill pan depending on how um, large of gaps there are between your grates. You can either put it perpendicular to those grates so it doesn't fall through, or you could put it on a grill pan and just put it on for say three to four minutes, give it a light char, and it is so good. But if you're already have the oven on or you want to maybe say do it on the stovetop or a different method, maybe you're not grilling for the night, there's a lot of other ways you can use this same preparation of asparagus 
to offer it as a really easy vegetable. Some of the other ways that I will do asparagus is by roasting it. You can just put it in the oven preheated at 400 degrees and then put it on a sheet pan, spread it out so it's just like one single layer. And then again, you're gonna wanna roast it for kind of four to five minutes and then shake the pan a few times so it kind of turns each of them over a little bit and then roast it for another, say, four to five minutes. You're gonna wanna check it as with any of these methods to see if it's the desired doneness because if, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you're getting a really thin stock of asparagus, it's obviously gonna cook faster versus a thick stock. So kind of stick within that three to five minute range, whether you're grilling or whether you're roasting on a sheet pan. If you wanna go for a little more of that kind of charred, blistered look of asparagus, but you're not planning on grilling it, another thing you can do is broil it. Here you're going to stick it in the oven on broil, so that really high heat setting, and cook it for probably around eight minutes to start seeing it get that char mark on the top. But you are gonna to wanna to keep an eye on it because as with if you broil anything, it can cook really fast and you just wanna make sure that you don't scorch your asparagus, especially because the floury tip of it can burn and give a little bit of a bitter taste when it does burn. So just make sure to keep an eye on it that way. If you don't have the oven on or don't wanna turn the oven on, another thing you can do is simply saute it. So this is where you're just gonna put it on a pan on the cooktop and you can put olive oil in the pan first, but again, I pretty much just toss it in the olive oil, the salt and pepper from the get-go. I'm not a great home chef, but I just kinda of do the bare basics and you can just saute it in a medium heat pan. And again, you're gonna kind of stick to that three to five minute mark of how long to cook it. You're gonna to wanna to see it kind of start to turn a brighter green, have a little bit of brown on there. You can also add butter to the pan if you prefer, or any additional olive oil or salt or pepper that you may want to it there. But that's really it. It's so easy. It's such a quick vegetable to incorporate for something kind of new. If you feel like you get in a rut and you offer the same few vegetables night after night, week after week, month after month, season after season, I encourage and I dare you to try asparagus. Tell me how it is. Tag me on social at Veggies and Virtue if and when you do, and let me know what your family thinks of it. Because even some of our closest friends here, one night I made asparagus when we were all grilling out over at our house and they were like, I don't know that I've ever made asparagus at home. And I guess because I was born and raised eating it and I've just continued to have it, especially when it's in season, like right now, it's something that it kind of baffled me that some of our closest friends who I feel like we eat a lot of the same meals as are not eating asparagus more regularly. And so I hope that, again, this won't be something where I'm pushing, oh, it's a superfood. Of course, there are nutritional benefits to asparagus, and I think those are important, but those aren't even the important points that I wanna highlight in this episode because I think what is more important is that as parents, we learn to approach new foods with an excitement and an anticipation rather than seeing them with a sense of dread and discouragement. And so I want you to know how to pick the asparagus, how to prepare it, and then now we get to how do we offer it? Because one thing I didn't mention in the picking and the preparation of asparagus is you can eat it raw. Sometimes you might see it um, kind of lightly boiled or blanched, which basically means like you boil it really quickly and then you put it in cold water so the cooking process stops, which those two options can be helpful ways to kind of think about how you might want to incorporate it at something like breakfast or lunch rather than dinner, which at least in my head, and I'm assuming for many of you, you kind of associate with the roasting or the grilling or the sauteing processes. Now that said, at breakfast, you could be incorporating 
asparagus as a side, you could be chopping it up and offering it as an addition to scrambled eggs or an omelet or things like that. You also might want to put raw or blanched asparagus out on your kids' lunch plates, or if you're doing a lunch platter that's a little bit more family style serve, that's something I'm going to have an episode on in, I think, two episodes to come. We're going to be talking about lunch platters and lunch trays, but any of those ways are ways that you can incorporate asparagus as a vegetable at breakfast, lunches, dinners, or really at any given snack time. Now, in terms of how do we get our kids to eat the asparagus once it has been offered, again, incorporate opportunities for them to learn to like it before and away from the table. So simple things like getting them to snap the ends off, helping them or asking them to help you add the olive oil and to toss it with the seasoning. If they're at an age and a stage where you feel comfortable letting them help you cook and to maybe set a timer for that three to five minute mark of how is it cooking and then invite them in the exploration and experimentation phase because I think asparagus is particularly one that can be really fun for kids because you can see a lot of variation in the taste and texture depending on how you cook it and how long you cook it. And so if it's a new food to you and to your family, you may not necessarily know how to cook it or how long to cook it. And so include your child in this process of saying, this is a new food for us and I actually don't know how long we should cook it. Let's cook these ones for three minutes, take some off. Let's cook these for four minutes, take them off. Let's cook these for five minutes, take them off. Let's cook these for six minutes and go a little bit further up. And then use that as an opportunity for a taste test to say, what is the difference between each of these? Just as you would if you were a scientist running different forms of an experiment, you can experiment with how long we cook the asparagus and what the taste and the texture is like depending on more or less cooking time. Because a tool and a resource that I wanna make sure each of you is aware of, I think it's a great book to have in your home. It makes a great gift to give friends, but it's the 101 Descriptive Words for Food Explorers. It's from my sweet friend, Danny over at Kids Food Explorers. I'll tag her in the show notes as well as this book. But it's a great kid-friendly book to help you have language that you can use to help your kids explore new foods. And so rather than trying to elevate asparagus in some sort of food hierarchy as this is a good food or this is a healthy food, no, no, no. Remember, that's not how we want to approach this. We don't want to be trying to position any food as better than another. We don't want to have an objective that there's any food at the table that our child needs to try more than any other one. But instead, I want to invite you to use descriptive language with your kids, especially for something that, like asparagus, if it's a new food, think of ways that you can describe how it tastes, how the mouthfeel feels to you, and use such words. And some of the words that come to mind and that I know that Danny has in her book are things like fibrous. There's not a lot of vegetables that we necessarily think to explain that way, but depending on that experiment that I was talking about with how long you cook experiment or that you cook the asparagus for, it may be stringy or it may taste tough or you may notice when you bite into it, it doesn't have a clean bite to it, but instead it is really stringy and your teeth are kind of pulling off of it. It is usually a stringier vegetable if you haven't had it before. That tends to happen if it's been overcooked. But this is where you can compare and contrast. Is it still firm and has a little crunch, which is the way I would say I prefer it, and it kind of more typically is prepared? Or is it something that's kind of soft or smushy? Or is it really fibrous and stringy because maybe it has been overcooked? 
So again, even if your child doesn't want to taste and explore and compare and contrast the way the different textures of the asparagus is depending on how it's been cooked, you can role model for them. I'm trying a new food. I'm a little apprehensive. I'm unsure how it tastes. It's okay to feel a little curious, a little nervous. How am I going to approach this and role model that for them? Whether you know you love asparagus or you too are unsure if you're learning to like it. So taste test little bits of it. Talk about how the tip of the asparagus tastes different than the more fibrous stalk of the asparagus. Compare and contrast how the different times that it's been cooked, if you did do something like a timed experiment of one being cooked more or less time, talk about how this is kind of my right fit asparagus. This is the one that tastes the right preparation to me, where it was cooked, the four minute one I think is my favorite. Because each time you do this, you can invite them in. You can say, you can taste this one if you'd like. You can see if you have a favorite. Which one looks the best to us? Which one feels the best to us? Again, the steps to eating is not isolated only to eating. Eating is the end goal. But before that, we can use that visual tolerance of which one looks the best to them. We can use our olfactory tolerance. Does it smell any different, any different to you when it's raw versus cooked or fresh versus baked? How does it feel to try and smush one between your two fingers when it's raw versus cooked or when it's minimally cooked versus really cooked? Each of these ways are helping them to understand more about the food in a way that's going to increase their acceptance of it and gradually move them closer to wanting to eat it. There's a lot of ways that we can describe asparagus with our kids so that they have vocabulary beyond saying, that's gross, I don't like it, and it's yucky. So instead, invite them in to learn to like it. And again, they may not like it or love it right away, but do they feel fond of it? Are they willing to be approachable with it? Is it something that they at least have some sort of interest in, even if it's purely still exploratory and not necessarily something that they're actually eating? As always, if you experiment or introduce asparagus in your home, I would love to see it. Please tag me on Instagram at veggies and virtue. Show me how you're exploring this new food with your family. Show me how it's changing the way that you approach new foods, how you learn to like things like fruits and vegetables as a family so that I can support you, I can cheer you on, and I can celebrate each and every step that you're making to raise a healthier next generation.